0: Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
1: Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Today we're talking about I Gotta Be Me. Which is season three, episode 15. That's available in Paramount Plus. <clears throat> I'm going to just come out and say it that this is my favorite episode of The Odd Couple oh. of all time. We're
2: throwing down the gauntlet
1: with my favorite scene of all time. We're
2: throwing down the gauntlet.
1: Yes. Yeah. So uh, I feel like I should just put all the cards on the table to start. This is I'm Ted Linhart. My
2: opinion, a mystery. Yes,
1: I, w- I don't want to know your opinion. By the way, this is Ted Linhart with Garrett Eisler. I should have said that. Uh, we'll find out Garrett's opinion at the end uh so do you want to talk about the writers
2: sure yeah we better uh, credit the writers of ted's favorite episode of all time um uh it's a double writing credit uh one joe glauberg who we've seen before um he wrote i'm dying of hunger or at least i think he was co-credited maybe with that and uh this is their first, and then the other writers, is David Duclan, D-U-C-L-O-N. They wrote this together and they wrote another one together, which leads me to believe maybe they were a team for this, for during this season. Uh, this is David Duclan's first odd couple. Joe Glauberg, as I mentioned before, when we saw him, he um, went on to be one of the creators of Mork and Mindy.
1: And david duquan created something too
2: and david now that's a name you're familiar with i see that's yes. well, not surprising because punky david Duquan.
1: brewster punky brewster okay silver
2: spoon Boom.
1: that's that's the show i think i we're talking remember.
2: yeah we're talking classic 80s kids shows also something called boys will be boys don't know that I'd... on our own uh Family Matters, Malcolm and Eddie. What was Malcolm and Eddie? Well,
1: Malcolm and Eddie was with Eddie Griffin and malcolm about Warner on UPN. I, I was working at UPN at the time. Ah. uh Family Matters is, of course, the, is that this that would be the spinoff of Perfect Strangers that was on for eleven years with oh. uh, with the uh, uh, the nerd character whose name Bron-
2: Bronson. No, that's
1: Perfect. No, Family <laughs> uh, Family Matters had um, Mark. Uh, no. Oh. Urkel, of course. I don't know why I couldn't think of Urkel. Uh, is that the Family Matters? Are you? Do you have that in front of you, or is it a different I Family Matters? I just see
2: Matters? the title, Family Matters.
1: All right, it could have been uh, another Family. I don't
2: Matters. want to look at from the early '90s.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm
2: not sure he. Uh, he. He's.
1: I don't. He didn't create a that writer that was, on a lot of those. I'm right. not sure he created. Them, no, but that. No, that was he, Miller Boyette.
2: But uh, apparently, according to IMDb, still with us, David Duchovny and uh, Joe Glauberg also still with us. Uh, but well, let's get them separate- on. They went their separate ways. Well, I'm
1: we can get them out. We can reunite them because it's my family. That would be episode. a great
2: reunion episode. Yes. And that right. no one else would do.
1: Yeah, right. So Felix comes out of the kitchen. He's got two plates of food. Miriam and Murray are sitting at the dining room table. They have food. So the food in um, Felix's hand is for him and Oscar. And Miriam tells Felix that oh, – uh, sorry. Felix says um, – Now we feast. And then he says, where's Oscar now? Miriam tells Felix that he had to go make a phone call. And Felix says he makes a phone call after every course. And then he looks down and says, at least he won't get lost. He leaves a trail of food. There's the appetizer. There's the salad. There's the soup as he points at the floor. And then he uh, says to Oscar, Oscar, it's time to come in and spill your main course. And Felix stomps around as Miriam asks him to calm down because Felix is clearly very upset that um, Oscar is really not paying attention to the meal. And then uh, Oscar comes in the living room. He's drinking soup out of a bowl in one hand while he's holding a can of beer in another. And he's wearing a dirty sweatshirt, which is just a great visual gag. He puts the bowl down on the fireplace mantle and says, soup could have used some more salt. Felix says, why didn't you crunch some potato chips into it? Oscar says, I did. Then Felix says, are you ready for your main course? Oscar says, ready. I'm starving. We've been here an hour. All we've had is unsalted soup, a sardine on a half cracker. Murray's ready to gnaw at the table. <laughs> Felix says, is that true, Murray? And Murray says, I'm a policeman, Felix. I'm trained to endure. Felix says, endure. Next time you come over, it'll be cookies and cream soda. Murray says, what night? And then Oscar kind of hits him like harder than he should. I don't know if you noticed that yeah. on the arm. And he says, can we eat now? Felix says, first they have to taste the wine. Oscar says, mind if I start with a beer? Wine gives me cramps. (laughs) Felix says, that's charming, isn't it? Fine, drink beer. You wouldn't appreciate this anyway. Your palate committed suicide years ago. Then he pours wine for himself and Murray and Miriam. And they're about to drink, but Felix stops them and says, we've got to taste it the way wine tasters do it. We taste for three things, for the aroma the taste and the aftertaste. Now, first we smell it, and then Murray is sniffing it very aggressively with his nose way in the glass.
2: And they've got wine, I I bet they chose these, they're not big wine glasses, they're kind of small wine glasses. Yeah. His nose fits perfectly. Right.
1: (laughs) That's a good point, that maybe that is why they picked them. Felix says, you smell the flower, the fruit? Now take a little in our mouths, but we don't swallow it. We roll it around, then aerate it through our heads and get the fumes. Now, here we go. And they all drink it, but they're swishing it around their mouth and making noises. They don't swallow, and they're going, mmm. And Murray's head is moving around a lot. Oscar's exasperated. Felix starts to gurgle the wine. Murray takes more wine, and Oscar says, you look like an elephant at a watering hole. Felix says, you let it rest on your tongue. Oscar says, let something rest on your tongue like the roof of your mouth. Can we eat? Felix says, did you, ever, did you even know anyone so? And he's about to insert insult Oscar but then he notices that everyone has still not swallowed the wine and he tells Miriam and Murray to swallow Uh, and then Felix says isn't that good isn't that a delicious wine Miriam says I must say this food looks wonderful Felix says well I figured since Lord Chesterfield here was dressing for the occasion I'd go all out
2: and the contrast is (laughs) part of what's funny about Oscar's uh, outfit is sweats is that dirty sweats is Felix is wearing a tie uh miriam is dressed nicely
1: murray is wearing his police. You, uniform. i know
2: he's always which, which, not always i never but, thought about this before but like is it because he's murray the cop and we wouldn't recognize him if he wasn't wearing his uniform he just is or is he always
1: on in the middle of his beat I, well i think my my thought was he got off his beat and came to dinner instead of going home
2: yeah that, i guess that makes sense but
1: so after felix says that about going all out we see it ins- it's an inserted shot there's lots of inserted shots in this episode uh, of oscar pouring ketchup all over his food which it looks like chicken but we later learn it's squab peas mushrooms and parsley by the way i looked at the brand of ketchup which was not covered with a magic marker like okay. the pretzels were last yeah. week wow. and it says bonnie hubbard on it which i didn't know what that was but i looked it up yeah. it was a generic brand that supermarkets used i guess as kind of a house brand right in the 70s in california oh yeah this was filmed
2: because i don't remember that i don't remember that in new york at all
1: no no i it, it was uh i it may still be around I, it was hard to figure out what's going on with that but most of the references i found about it was that it was 70s in california hey maybe maybe it was a plug for maybe a generic, well no no low end no. it's too hard to find i took me a while to figure out what it said Felix says we well, look at that he's drowning it I'm sorry Felix says, we well, you look at that. He treats everything like it's a cheeseburger. Do you have to drown it in ketchup?" Oscar says, "I'm not drowning it, I'm saving it." Felix says, "Exactly. What do you mean by that?" Oscar says, "Why don't you cook food people like, like chili con carne and chili hot dogs?" Felix says, "Murray is a person. Miriam is a person. What you're talking about is ulcer food." And then they Oscar start really
2: likes Mexican food.
1: He does. They start arguing, and then Felix slams his hand down and says, "Did you ever know anyone so sensitive?" And Miriam says, to tell you the truth, Felix. And then they all look at her. Like she's about to say something very profound. But then all she says is that she has a terrible headache and she's going up to her apartment. They all plea with her to stay. Murray says he isn't feeling well and also gets up to leave. Felix says, neither one of you have touched the squab. while you come for dinner Friday? Miriam says, I may have made other plans. Murray says, yeah, me too. I've got to take the dog in for shots. They both leave. Because, and then Felix, and I get
2: to laugh because I guess you don't do that in the evening usually.
1: Yes, they both weave, and Felix and Oscar turn to each other and say, "Do you see what you did?" And we go to credits.
2: Uh, can I say two things about? It? Yes. First, I, I have to confess I did not know what squab was and had to look it up. Um, but it turns out it's a kind of pheasant.
1: Oh, I, you know, I know what squab is. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I, I do not travel in the circles of high cuisine, uh, as you do, Ted. I guess uh, not. <laughs> no, I, I thought I knew a lot about food, but I, I did not know squab. Apparently, it's, a, it's sort of like pheasant, but it's actually kind of a, a, a very young pigeon. Basically, yes. fancy pigeon.
1: I don't know that I could have said that, but I, I knew squab was a form of, I guess I think of it as a yeah. form of poultry.
2: But uh, I think it's a kind of a fancy dish, so Felix is putting a lot, of definitely putting a lot of effort into it. That Oscar is not appreciating. Um, but the other thing uh, is, uh, and we'll see this in the the follow up scene to this, when they the next dinner scene. Uh, isn't it funny how now Miriam is so not seen like Felix's girlfriend that if anything, it's like Miriam and Murray are the other couple for the purposes of this episode, at least. Like they have a man and a woman over for dinner and it's Miriam and Murray who are not together, but Murray has a wife (laughs) still, I I believe, I know they have trouble later. Um, And yet I'm not saying, I'm not actually theorizing that they're having an affair, please. Odd couple of fans. I am not, that is not a fan theory of mine, but I'm just saying functionally structurally for this episode, it's like they're the other couple that comes over for dinner. And it's almost like Miriam is closer to Murray than she is to Felix.
1: I see it more as they're just having some friends over for dinner, not necessarily a couple.
2: I know. I'm sure that's what's intended. But to me, it comes off like they're the other couple.
1: After the credits, we see Felix say, I drove them away. I love that. Oscar says, yeah, you and your compulsive behavior. You drive everybody crazy. Felix says the pot calls the kettle compulsive. Oscar gets annoyed and starts to walk away. Felix says, what, what, what? Since you've driven everybody away, the least you could do is help me clean up. Oscar says, anything to keep your mouth shut. What do you want me to do? Felix tells him to clear the table while he gets the vacuum, which leads to a very funny scene where, again, this is an overhead shot of this. Oscar rolls up all the tableware (laughs) in the tablecloth and just puts it in the sink. He rolls it all up, grabs (laughs) it by the, like grabs it by the bag, like garbage bag and just puts it in the sink,
2: which is aside from very messy. It's also kind of dumping, dumping it in Felix's lap. To- exactly.
1: <laughs> and the audience really enjoys this. They applaud. Uh, next Oscar gets a beer, which spurts a little bit when he opens. And when he was clearing out the table to do that, to move all this so forth, he did move a flower, uh, arrangement, uh, away so when he goes back to the couch he's he he centers that flower that that arrangement oh. of flowers as if to say you know he is oh. trying he is, to be neat yes that was considerate uh he puts the tv on he sits on the couch and he puts his feet up on the table felix comes out and starts vacuuming which annoys oscar oscar goes in the hallway and unplugs the vacuum cleaner this is all done in silence right we're not talking and as he walks back he he does a gesture with the, with his hand as if he's going to shove the plug up up Felix's butt (laughs) which Felix doesn't see Uh, then he goes to Felix, he waves the plug in his face and hands it to him because Felix is confused why the vacuum cleaner doesn't work anymore. Oscar then smells the beer like a wine drinks it and gargles making fun of Felix. Felix plugs the vacuum back in and very blatantly shakes and um, then Oscar very blatantly shakes cigar ashes onto the rug. Felix yells, get your feet up as he's trying to vacuum and Oscar puts them on the couch. Um, Felix turns off the cleaner next to Oscar and goes to empty the ashtray. While he's not looking, Oscar unbuckles the vacuum cleaner bag from the cleaner itself. So that when Felix turns around and turns it back on, it emits this mist of soot. So well, All the stuff that's in the. Yeah. yeah out to Felix's face. Like the exhaust. Pipe. And then Felix has to go, like, go underneath it. Like underneath this. This shooting mist of dirt. And it's impressive how they... I don't know if they how many t- vacuum cleaners they experimented with to to get this to work. Or it's a rigged prop, maybe. You know. Or that. Uh,
2: it is... Uh, and that's the end? Is that the end of the scene? Uh, that is the end of that scene, right. yeah. You know, it's funny. I just want to... When you were saying how so- this is all silent, it just reminds me... There are actually... They do this pretty regularly, or they have do it not often in the show, to have a long scene like this, which is usually... Of with no dialogue, which is often like Oscar messing, you know, trying to interfere with Felix's cleaning, uh, you know, and it's all business. It's, it's all physical business, and it also reminds me of the, the the monks scene in Silence of baking the bread, right? And Gary Marshall saying that he, uh, you know, he liked to give them scenes with no dialogue so they didn't have to learn their lines. But I, you know, something funny about that is that learning all your blocking for one of these silent scenes is just as challenging as learning dialogue, like learning what, remembering what to do when and uh, how. So I, again, I don't believe that Gary Marshall theory, but what I do believe is that the odd couple play and movie set the standard for this with uh, exactly the same kind of scene where Oscar is really mad at Felix at the beginning of act three, I think, or second half of act, act two, scene two, act three, uh, when the famous business with the airspray with the uh, uh, spray can yeah. Felix, uh, Oscar starts spraying the room while Phils is trying to eat. And, yeah. Felix, they, and then they copied this in the show, uh, in the TV he show. He covers the soup. Right. He covers the soup. And then as soon as he uncovers the soup, he sprays it. But so I think it's actually the play and Mike Nichols direction of the play where he, I think had a big hand in staging that it's interesting to see the, the TV show keeps doing those kinds of scenes because both Klugman and Randall knew that play and they're probably kind of contributing to these kinds of scenes. Just a the theory,
1: right? So we have a new scene now. Felix is bringing uh, food to the table. Oscar's not in the room. He takes a large mirror, which he lifts up and says, "Good morning, Felix." And we see that by looking at Felix's reflection in the mirror. That's another breakaway shot. Yeah, it's oh. actually not breakaway. Oh no! It's a, it's it's from the camera. But the way Tony Randall's back is to the camera, he's holding the mirror yeah, up. So I see. yeah, right. Uh, it's very funny. And then he puts the mirror across from Oscar's seat. Uh, He calls for Oscar to come to breakfast. Oscar comes in very groggy with a cardigan sweater over his pajamas. (laughs) Which is a very funny look, yeah. He makes his way to the table without looking at the seat with the mirror in front of it. And that's when we get uh, this is our first clip.
0: how ridiculous you look in the mornings. I like got chilly in the middle of the night. Come in.
3: Oh, good morning, Miss Donga. Hi, Miss Sam. Werner, come in, have some coffee. Thanks. You dressed for an outdoor pajama party?
0: You got the articles? Yeah. Then sit, sip, and shut up.
3: You're not gonna get me mad this morning, Miss Sam. I was at my group therapy last night, and I really feel good. They're all sicker than me i don't twirl my hair anymore remember how i used to twirl my hair what's the mirror for you shaving at the table to save time
0: (laughs) where's the cut you what for i want to kill a taste of this toast what's the matter with the toast it's too light i like it dark no it's not. it's the right color dark toast makes too many crumbs and why do you cut the edges off that's my favorite part what do you want the edges for to keep the jam from falling off.
4: I like it. Nothing
0: the matter with this toast? This is good toast. Ooh, ooh, ooh I want you to look at yourself. Ooh, I want you to look. I want you to look when you eat. With your lips like a bunny rabbit. Bunny rabbit. Did you ever? You know, I... You have to make that awful noise when you swallow. What noise? It's disgusting. It sounds like a sink backing up. <laughs> I always swallow like that. And I've always hated it. <clears throat> oh, do you have to click your fork on your teeth? It's like eating with Jose Greco. Oh, look at the way he wipes his mouth just the corners.
4: Don't you get tired of eating your mouth? No, I'm not
0: shining my Well, you do get him, sometimes I see a scrambled egg or something right there.
4: <laughs> I'd
3: rather live with a goat.
4: Nobody
0: was stopping
4: you. <laughs>
3: Excuse me, I'm getting a a, a headache from all this polite chatter. I'll I'll see you later at the office. Headaches
0: so early in the morning? I get headaches all the time. Because you spend the night before trying to outdrink all of Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Don't sing. Please,
4: don't sing. um, You know,
3: this is just like my group therapy. Only nobody's getting better. (laughs) Bye.
0: Well, we did it again. Did what? We just drove Myrna out of here. I'll survive. Oscar, at this rate, we're going to wind up all alone. Two wretched old men, forgotten by the world, with no friends, huddled in this room in our shawls. Mine clean, yours filthy. (laughs) Nobody will know we're here. Terrific. So when I kill you, nobody will find the bot.
1: Um so I I don't know how many people know who Jose Greco was, but he was a famous Spanish flamenco dancer.
2: Uh I, I was familiar with that, yes.
1: Um so we have a new scene which hey, shows can yes. I just also yes, so, of course.
2: thank God uh, Felix did not sing, as Oscar says don't sing. Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island too, which is from that great uh, Rodgers and Hart song, Manhattan, because they would have had to block it out.
1: Right. Which reference is
2: reference to that song.
1: Which is an, which is an issue we're going to face gonna later. Into it. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. So we have a new scene which shows the establishing shot of Oscar's office. Oscar 1501 si- Broadway. Right. Oscar sits on Myrna's desk and she asks him, what is the matter? And he really looks depressed. Oscar says he is tired. He was up most of the night. Uh, Myrna says on account of a female Oscar says I should have been so lucky on account of a Felix four o'clock in the morning with a vacuum cleaner. It's like living with a giant mosquito. He makes a, and then Oscar makes a buzzing noise. By the way, there's a lot of it's like jokes in this Mm. episode. Mm. It's like living with Jose Jose Greco. It's like, that's a, that's a, (laughs) I like that, that, um, that device. And I think, um, I guess it comes from they keep insulting each other. They keep uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's a very specific, pointing out each other's flaws. It's a very specific device of insulting that mm. I think that that I think I think the odd couple I feel like is yeah. the best champion. Jam- yeah, I feel like no other <laughs> show does it as well. Right? I it's a it was, very
2: yeah, it's a very simple setup joke because it, it's it's like you take the people the person's behavior and say it's like a. Insert something absurd here or something like really <laughs> extreme or something f- random or
1: and I feel like Jack Klugman I feel like a yeah. Jack Klugman thing. He delivers it yeah yeah uh so after he makes the buzzy noise about Felix Felix then walks in which leads us right into our oh, can next I just clip? say he yes. walks
2: in with the most insane one of the most insane Felix seven 1970s costumes
1: it's the outfit. yellow it's like the a jacket yellow jacket is yeah.
2: insane the jacket is not just plaid, which is okay, I guess, but in the 70s, but it has epaulets, not only a belt, like it's not a trench coat, it's a cloth coat with a belt and epaulets on it, on the shoulders. Uh, it's, it should be in a museum. It's, in, it's outstanding.
1: I didn't even notice the epaulets. Okay, here's the clip after Felix walks into Oscar's office.
0: Surprise! A bad humor, man. I beg your pardon
3: take lunch
0: now. Play nice, don't fight, don't hit or yell. All right, Felix, it? Make it snappy. I don't have time to hide your corpse before Myrna gets back. Oh, thought we could have a little bit of a truce and something of a picnic lunch? Lunch with you is no picnic. Yeah. That's the way you feel, buddy. Fine. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Besides, I'm hungry. But no lectures on sloppiness, All okay? All right, no lectures. Listen, I had the most fantastic day today. Guess yeah. what I did, yellow. Yeah. I bought a book, yeah. that new bestseller on psychiatry, Finding Your Marbles. <laughs> Finding Your Marbles? Yeah, it's by the author of I'm Okay, You're Not. Yeah. What's it about? It's, a, it's about that. About mayonnaise? No, about gestures. Now, this may sound bizarre to you, but that gesture indicates a desire to get rid of something. How about this gesture?
4: You gonna
0: start all over again, Felix? I thought you'd be interested. No, I'm not. Now, that's very interesting. Again, I'm interested. What I do not. Tell me, have you always thrown your food? Now, what kind of a screwball question is that? Significant question. Most people who throw their food do so from the subconscious fear that if they don't, Later, they may sit on it.
4: What is that? That's
0: a five? On, no, no, no. Come here, come here, come here. What do you see? Prime mustard. No, 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 no. But what do you see? You see, a great deal of one's personality can be told by the interpretation one finds in indiscriminate shapes. Now, what do you see there? You're trying to trick me. No, no, no. We don't make judgments. This is just a simple exercise. I'm curious. Tell me now. Use your imagination. No judgments. I looks like a duck. Oscar, you're a deeply disturbed man. No judgments. Cut the charade. You're a lousy analyst. I'm just trying to wake you up to the fact that you need help. I'll wake up. If you guarantee that when I do, you won't be there. Yes, and then we'll still have the same old problems, Palomar. Let's face it. We couldn't live with our wives. We can't live together. Jesus, oh. what do you want from me? Let's try group therapy. Group therapy? Yes. Who needs group therapy? I, I love my mother. You do. No. I'm going. All, right. All, right. All right. You'll stay home, and you'll stew in your psychoses, and you'll watch your room ferment. Why do I need a lot of loonies to tell me somebody's great? <laughs> come to think about it, Felix. That's a very intriguing idea. I want to see if I'm good at it. We'll play. Can you figure this out? All right. Yeah, I want you to figure. It out. I'm going to set something up. I want right. you to figure it out. You wait out here because I want to sit up. All right. And you wait. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I want you to figure this out. Okay. Now, what did I do? Oscar, I know what you did.
1: So there's a lot of visuals there. Uh, the first gesture that Felix refers to is Oscar brushing mayonnaise off his tie with his, with his hands. Then there's a cutaway shot of dried mustard, but it's just, it's too much dried mustard and it's too fake to be believable. (laughs) um, On Oscar's desk. Then there's a second gesture that Felix refers to is another brushing of the tie. And at the end, Felix, the door to Oscar's office kind of, is kind of – I don't know how you describe it. It's like a plastic that's not see-through, but if you put something very close to it, you can see it through the door. Yeah, it's
2: like an opaque – Opaque. The uh, Yeah, the office – it's an old office kind of set up with these doors that you can – there's a kind of window on the top part of it, but you can't see all the way through it yet.
1: So when when Oscar walks Felix out, uh, he pushes his face – into Felix, the window, yeah. right? He's, but
2: so he's with a squished face, saying, "I know what you did."
1: Yeah. And he can, we can see clearly see Tony Randall's face. But there's another door to Oscar's office on the other side, right? So locking him out of that office doesn't That's mean anything. True,
2: but in this episode, for some reason, they don't. Both Mirna exits that door and Felix yes. enters that door. So for some reason, they're not the door on what would be stage left of the set.
1: Well, it's for the, the joke, right? You're right.
2: So they, for some reason, they wanted this door. For the it just logically
1: it you know, doesn't work but this is the second we were i can't even remember the episode now we've heard do. a few weeks ago yeah. okay I'm what thinking, was it this yeah. was
2: funny this was during the new baby episode edna's the, the whatever you want What was the title of it first I mean, baby birth first baby right the flashback and uh, i remember when that's when Felix. it's similar same bit it's like felix keeps calling oscar on the phone and oscar is is, is wants him to go away and he says, "Okay, look, there's going to oh, be a sound. It's right. not like I'm hanging up, yeah. but I'm not. So you just keep talking." And he hangs up and then Felix takes like 10 seconds to figure out. I, and he just screams into an to the phone, no one else on the phone, saying, like, "I know what you did." Right. Uh, so and when is... when we saw that and you said it's there's another one coming up, I didn't know what you meant. That 70. was
1: this one. Yes, because I, one, I right. yeah, I remember that it. What
2: I love about this scene is all the 70s pop psychology. Yes. Satire. Right including, uh, who needs group therapy? I love my mother, uh, including, uh, the, the Rorschach test. Um, and Felix saying after he says it's a duck, he says, you're a deeply disturbed man. Um, but most of all, the reference to what was actually a very big bestselling, uh, iconic book of the era, which is I'm okay. You're okay. Uh, which I looked up because I reckon when he says I'm okay, the author of I'm okay, you're not. Yeah. It's a a spoof of of the much more positively titled, I'm okay, you're okay. A self-help book by Thomas Anthony Harris, published in 1972. So like the year before this. Um, So now I don't think, I'm not sure any of the things that Felix says, such as people who throw their food are afraid they may sit on it, are actually in that book. I
1: doubt that. Well, yeah, it's clear that this entire episode was inspired by the pop psychology movie yeah. of the mo of the time
2: as we're getting to the role reversal right. right
1: which which is great that yeah something so because you know sometimes in the show some of the the dated references feel dated yeah and and don't or necessarily organically fit into this show but this one does because it plays right into the real crux of these two opposite people living together
2: yeah it's one of the nice discoveries of, of revisiting the series now is of noticing how much is actually very topical. How many episodes are very topical satire of something very current in the moment.
1: So we have a new scene where we see the exterior of a large apartment building, and then we see inside a small bald man is looking at a piece of paper hey, in to an be a fair, office. Bald. balding, not bal- not totally bald. Fine, balding. The doorbell rings, and he opens the door, and we see Felix, and he asks the man if he is Dr. Abel, and he says he is. Felix identifies himself, and he invites Felix in and says that Myrna told him about Felix. Felix asks, what did she say? And then he seems surprised, however, that Myrna said something, and he's obviously very worried that this doctor, who's the psychiatrist, Mm -hmm or psychologist, I'm not sure which is going to, or therapist is going to prejudge Felix. But it does seem odd that Felix would be surprised that Myrna said something because how else would she have set this up? So his reaction is a little unusual. Uh, Dr. Abel says the only thing she said was that he was coming to the session. Felix is clearly worried that she has called him a lunatic. That's what I'm interpreting felix says he's a little early but then he says that's a healthy sign isn't it the doctor says he doesn't know and asks felix what he does and felix blinks and shifts his eyes around a lot and says nothing unusual i'm perfectly normal (laughs) dr abel says he meant what does he do for a living and felix says commercial photography portraits of specialty i take pictures nothing dirty (laughs) doctor i feel that i can i can be completely open with you i'm not here about myself and the doctor's clearly heard this before yeah. and says, oh. And Felix says, it's about a friend of mine. His a name friend is of mine. Oscar Madison. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings. And before we get to the next, let me just talk about Dr. Abel is played by Norman Shelley, who has surprisingly few credits on IMDb, film credits, because he's really good here. I mean, I think he really plays yeah. his character well. I was well.
2: surprised when you told me that.
1: Um... He is a this episode in man is as manics, but he was famous for Broadway. He originated the role of Nana and the crocodile in the original production of right. Peter Pan.
2: Well, you know what that means. Yeah, I, I, uh, Nana is the that means he was in an animal costume. Yeah, you know, Peter Pan, there's the family dog, the darling's dog. Oh, that's the dog. He, yeah, he's in it. So that means someone has to be in a dog costume in the first act. And then the crocodile, of course, is the one who gets Captain Hook. So he's not even an, you know, he's a, uh, he's a performer, but in, a, in, in an animal costume, uh, which means he's there for his physical ability, I guess. And um, and the fact that I think there's a reference to him also working as, as a stage manager yes, on Broadway yes, during that time. Yeah. So um, it, it kind of tells me he really must have been uh, only like an occasional actor people used him as a type, but he really, his primary business was backstage. And then somehow he ends up in Hollywood in the seventies and is used. And he must've had friends who liked using him as that type, but it's interesting. He was not a career actor.
1: That's what i take away too. Um, So at the door is Oscar and then he introduces himself and it's always bothered me. I don't know why that the Mm -hmm. introduction is dubbed. It's clearly not Oscar at that scene saying, I'm Oscar Madison. I Maybe because he's he's chewing a cigar while he introduces himself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of these dubs really are a result of just things getting garbled for some reason in the sound because the actors are...
1: It's just they do such a bad job of dubbing on this show. But it is pretty crude, yeah. Felix is surprised to see him there. And Oscar's surprised to see Felix, which is confusing dialogue to me. Felix says he thought Oscar wasn't coming tonight. And Oscar says, well, I got curious. I found out it was in the neighborhood... And I thought I'd drop in. So clearly they there have to find a reason to have them together in this yeah. scene.
4: Yeah.
1: It's just so considering how great I think the episode is, it's so forced and unnecessary to have this clunky dialogue because if Oscar and Felix discussed Oscar coming, mm-hmm. why is Oscar surprised to see Felix there? And do we really believe Oscar just got curious all of a sudden because he found out it was in the neighborhood? Whatever that means. No, I think this is
2: one flaw in the writing that they just were too. It's just they didn't bother to come up with a, a motivation for him, or it's said somewhere else and got cut. But maybe. Uh, but
1: why? Why could they just say, "Yeah, we decided to come." Like, yeah. why do we even need all? Why does they have? Why could they come together? I don't oh, know. And,
2: well, it's worth it to have the Felix alone. Part, I guess
1: so. You know? But why couldn't he say, oh, my friend Oscar is coming in 10 minutes because he's, you know, just not there yet. Right. Element and, uh, of
2: surprise. Add something to the scene. But it's, it's a little doesn't.
1: Yeah. OK, so Oscar tells the doctor that Myrna is his secretary and she said the doctor wouldn't mind that he came. And then the doctor says, I guess not. Which is also confusing because. The doctor already knew Felix is coming and then if the doc- murder told the doctor that Oscar was coming, why does the doctor now seem surprised about Oscar being there? Mm. It's all very clunky. Uh, so Dr. Abel says, since this is the first meeting with a group, he'd rather Oscar not participate, just observe, which he also should be telling to Felix. Mm-hmm. Then the doctor leaves and we get this next clip.
0: I'll be right back. Yeah, you changed your mind, huh? No, I didn't change my mind. Just sit on the arm of the chair.
4: <laughs> I still
0: think it's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad you came. I'm proud of you. Well, don't be. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines, not get involved, and I'm going to watch what happens. Don't eat the doctor's candy. Uh,
3: Ever since I was 16, I've had this problem. Men seem to want me only for my body.
0: Animals. Animals. <laughs> I
3: have time i mean i can't hide what i look like but that's all that men seem to see and then when they stare at me that way my eye begins to twitch
5: of course i can
0: understand that
3: i don't want to be just another pretty face i do (laughs) look
0: at that look at that did you ever see anybody so inconsiderate in a room full of people without permission? He lights a cigar. Oh, oh, oh. Now, watch <laughs> out. Here comes the hot <laughs> A flock of geese you <laughs> want to see flew by. Put the cigar oh, out. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> Go ahead, Marie. Thank
3: you. <laughs> uh, I'd like to work on a dream that I had this morning. <laughs> it was really a wonderful dream. I dreamed that I was standing naked before the 409th Field Artillery Division.
4: And they were only
3: interested in my mind. They wanted to talk to me. Well, I felt I was making progress.
0: Yes, but you're completely ignoring the meaning of the dream, my dear child. How can you overlook what the artillery stands for? That's impossible. Mr. Unger, you're interrupting. I see you doing it. You set yourself up as an authority. I do looking yourself up you an but this do. girl came here for help, right? Yes, but not from you, from the doctor. All oh, right, right, but anybody can see what her problem anybody is. Anybody? Okay, case, stop, stop it. Stop it.
5: That's enough interpersonal encounter, Mr. Unger, Mr. Okay. Madison. Look what you're doing to the group. Marie's eye is twitching. Harold's eating a candy bar. (laughs) Myrna's twirling her hair again. Please, wait in the other room. what did I do? Just wait in the other room until the session is over. Then I'll talk with you. You did it again. The ultimate humiliation. Kicked out of group (laughs) therapy. Good night, Myrna.
4: Good
5: night. I owe you one. Mr. Unger, Mr. Madison, would you step in here, please? I'm sorry I had to do that, but you were a disrupting influence in the group. (laughs) Doctor, what are we going to do? Well, I have a suggestion if you're interested. Yes, yes, not me. Oh, come on, maybe you'll learn something. Well, we sometimes do a thing called role reversal in group therapy. Role reversal? Yes, yes, that's in chapter seven. Oh, you read that book too? Yes, yeah, well, as I see it, neither one of you recognize your responsibility in this conflict. You blame each other. you got it. Thank you. using role reversal, you being him, him being you, often helps
1: so that's a I love that scene as yeah. much as not as much as the next one, but that's a great scene. uh, I love the way Felix honks but keeps honking and there's a way that Oscar looks at Felix during that. that seemed to be an avalad by Jack Klugman that I just feel so natural. Um, Marie is played by Barbara Rhodes who started acting in 1967, has done over 100 guest shots on lots of TV shows. Um, she's also the waitress in the Speakeasy episode, Our Fathers coming up in season five. And cliff emick plays harold who also who has, has no lines oh, i believe no lines in this episode at least that in the that made it to air he has 100 credits from the 70s to the 2000s and he's plays felix's cousin ben in the season five episode the bigger they are which who is oscar
2: has to pretend to be right,
1: right. with john Biner. that's the so, second ba- yeah, right, right John. Oh, Biner so episode. basically
2: this this actor is uh cast as a physical type as yes a, as a fat
1: uh and I, I, don't, I don't think I quite understand why Tony Randall goes, yes, yes. I, <laughs> oh, I love that. Question. I love it. But why does he do it? Okay. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's, oh, you read that book
2: too, which presumably is I'm okay or not. And, um, and Felix, I think his first response, he, he, he actually, Felix is, wants to appear as an as a, uh, equal authority. But like, she always oh, does with yeah, doctors. You yeah, wouldn't read that book. Yeah. Well, with doctors, this with is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like thing. Yeah. The thing. Yeah.
1: Well, so you think the second yes is to indicate I'm on your level? Yeah.
2: he's The first yes is just instinctive. Uh, but then, yes, so, well, of course, doctor. Uh, yes. right. Any any professional psychologist would read
1: that but book. But it is also very ballsy to start yes. to give <laughs> psychiatric advice in a group therapy as oh, a patient yeah. to another to patient. her,
2: right. To uh, yeah.
1: Oh, to, my God. So I, the way
2: he's, yeah, I love him chiming in. You know. My dear child, you're missing the point of the dream.
1: All right, so the next scene is the role reversal scene. This this is my favorite scene in the entire series. Um, it's visual, so but we can't not play the clip. Right. I think most fans probably know yeah. it, and we'll talk about the visuals. There's a music, so we'll say at the beginning, uh, there's a music cut here, that the fact that there's a cut scene in the dvd and the streaming version ruins the entire tag because the tag makes no sense without this scene Uh, we do have the unedited scene which is available on youtube and if you watch it on tv somewhere you'll see it i don't have the there's there's two cuts one now one later i only have one of them to play but anyway we're going to play the full role reversal scene now minus the music cut
0: wipe them again. You're not coming into this clean apartment with city soot on your shoes. What's got into you? Oscar! If you want to talk to me, call me by my rightful name. I'm Felix. Well, Felix was never so stupid as to put on his tuxedo to do housework. I'm Felix, and you're late, and our guests will be here any minute. All oh, right, If you want role reversal, I'll give you role reversal. <laughs> Miserable day, buddy. So don't bug me. Just put the chow on the table. Wash
4: your hands.
0: I want me to wash my hands? Wash. My
4: hand. <laughs> He's going to wash in
0: the kitchen sink. What do you want me to do in the kitchen sink? Don't you dare! Where are the towels? In the drawer with the is. Never mind. Oh God, I'm a How did I do such a thing in the last two years? Well, at least we're going to have a wonderful dinner. If my fondue doesn't curdle. You got to keep beating it. <coughs> it's my fondue and you're Oscar. Then put some ketchup in it.
4: <laughs>
0: Something smells good. I'm begging a strawberry fudge cake. So don't stand too hard and don't feel... Oscar, Oscar, Oscar! Who's coming for dinner? Your opera group to listen to a bunch of screaming Italians? No, Miriam and Murray. They're our objective observers. Murray, bring your nose in here. You're breathing up all the air in the hall.
4: You're right. They're
0: really doing it. Gee, Felix, I've never seen you looking so rotten. You make a perfect Oscar.
3: Here, just like you
0: asked. Oh, just like I asked, just like I asked. Did I ask you to come five minutes late? How am I to throw a successful party if my guests come late? I work my fingers to the bone. No one appreciates it at all. Stop muttering and put the chow on the table. <laughs> I'm running this party and there'll be no enjoyment.
4: Oh no 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 no!
0: No, Miriam, I want you to sit there. Murray, you'll sit there. No, and you'll. Oh, I wish I had my. Who cares where they sit? sit. I don't care where I sit, as long as I sit in front of food.
4: <laughs> well, I
0: open the wine, and it's been breathing for eight minutes. Now, if we don't drink it in the next 43 seconds, it is going to go flat. Here's a dollar, buy another three bottles. that! <laughs> Murray! Murray, no dunking. S- sip it slowly. I want some beer. Swallow, <laughs> swallow.
4: Did you like the wine?
0: hmm Did you absolutely love it? Were you thrilled by it? Remember, you're dealing with a compulsive nut who can at it minute. <laughs> Look at this. Now that's where i all over my rug. Oh, all I vacuum so hard. It's four o'clock in the morning, even when people are watching television. How the air is too fresh in here. I need a cheap cigar. Oh my <laughs> to tell me you don't like my cigar, just speak up. I don't like your cigar. Is that your wine? Yes.
4: <laughs> wine, I don't
0: pollute. I'm it. not i am not going to ruin good beer. Did you see what's he's going to ruin my party? I can't stand it. My sign is. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Give me over no there. Huh? Making fun of a man's afflictions—that's Oh, what, do what about now. me? You exaggerate. I don't spill beer all over. Of everything. course you do. You stain everything. That is a lie. Look at that. Look at that. What was that? Columbus Day two years ago. Prove it. Prove oh, it. Oh you can say there's anything There's one you thing in the totally and there's another thing, just Why well, you know that i will Why? Please. Getting under...
3: another headache.
0: You see, you're giving her a headache. You're the one who gave her a headache. You're the one who's been carrying you on. You're
3: Stop it. Neither one of you gave me a headache. You both did.
0: We both did.
3: That's right. It isn't the smoking or the spraying or any of the things you do. It's the fighting and the constant arguing. We can't stand. Isn't that right, Murray?
4: Get him. Well, Felix,
0: I think maybe she's right. Look, if if we try hard, real hard not to fight, won't you stay, please? He cooked for three hours. We won't fight. I swear we won't. We'll really try. We'll make up. Yeah. We'll dip the fork of friendship in Oscar's fondue. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Okay.
0: You realize this is the first time in three years I've lived here that Oh, I got the, day the day recipe day. out of the Hobo News. You're okay. gonna love it. Oh, it really <laughs> does. Oh,
4: it's
0: sensational, really tasty.
1: Let's talk about the music edit first, which our friend Lee uh, on the Facebook page shared with us. So in the role-versal scene, when Oscar tells Miriam and Miriam to swirl the wine, he starts to sing Cocktails for Two. Right. Which is in and used in another episode, by the way. So I, I guess – I don't know if they can clear the rights in some episodes and not oh, others. Oh, we we'll No, I, we haven't well, seen – Well, the whole it. episode about that, the one where – yeah, yeah, but we haven't gotten to we that We haven't yet. gotten that yet, right? So we'll see if they can, which um, I'm sure they will. And so the cut is right after Oscar says, sip it slowly in the DVD and streaming. The next moment, Felix gets up and says, I want some beer. In between that is uh, when Oscar sings Cocktails for Two, which we're going to so, play so now. Oh, yeah, okay. we're, we're going to play, play that I'm I'm playing right, playing right now. Uh, so, yeah. I
0: right. opened the wine and it's been breathing for eight minutes. Now, if we don't drink it in the next 43 seconds, it is going to go flat. Here's a dollar. Buy another three bottles.
4: <laughs> Saturday!
0: Murray! Murray, no dunking. Sip it slowly. Let it lay in your mouth until it tastes like furniture polish. <laughs> in some secluded rendezvous, that overlooks the earth. Primitive mm-hmm. can't take this. I want some beer. <laughs> Did you like the wine? Mm-hmm. Did
1: you absolutely love it? So we'll explain why this ruins the tag yeah. at the end. So let's talk about all the visuals in this scene. Felix comes home, Oscar's in his tuxedo, cleaning the carpet with a carpet cleaner.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, then when Felix says, if you want rollovers, I'll give you rollovers. So I think that when I first saw this scene, whenever it was in nineteen eighty, whatever, uh, that moment when Felix takes off his jacket and says, if you want reversal so I'll give you reversal so That's where I just started to laugh so hard <laughs> and became such a fan of this episode. So he throws off his shirt and his jacket. Luckily, Oscar's baseball cap is right there on the couch so he can put it on. And he pulls his undershirt down all the way down yeah. as far as it can go. Uh, so Felix it starts
2: slouching. Starts. Right.
1: Starts slouching like, yeah. Felix, you know, does have to do messy stuff. So you wonder, can Felix just be messy and never react to it? And he does break yeah. the role reversal at one point when yeah. he's going to dry his hands on the kitchen curtain. So yeah, I those think- Those are
2: my favorite moments. In, well, some of my favorite moments in the scene are when Felix can't let himself do it. <laughs>
1: right, which is realistic. Like yeah. it, the fact, if he could just be messy very easily and not be worried about it, that would feel unrealistic. Yeah,
4: right. But the That's
1: fact that he does break the role reversal. I mean, not a lot, because there, the next thing to talk about is that when Felix opens that can of beer, he sprays, I mean, it really sprays Murray. That's the yeah. visual. <laughs> and that is really intense. And you, yeah. it is surprising that Felix, the character, would have no reaction to apologize to Murray right away, even though they're <laughs> in role reversal. Uh, when Oscar, when Felix puts his cigar out in Oscar's wine glass, there's a sound effect of a right. like a fire getting extinguished yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's another close up there it's another inserted shot when Felix
2: And I doubt that Felix would pick up would would light the cigar in the first place. So.
1: Right. Do we see it lighted? I don't
2: think
1: so. No, I don't think so. Um, but that that sound effect was not necessary.
2: It's like I check, you know, it's not. It's a director that's directed a lot of other episodes. I don't know why this style is so different for this episode, but they just went, decided to go crazy, experimenting with let's do all the cutaways we'd ever want to do, right. all the you know sound effects and everything. Because something about, I, mean, I guess, the episode lends itself to it because there's so many extreme, so many extremes that they go to.
1: And the hobo news.
2: Yeah. I, okay. I, I, is that a real know, thing? I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm just saying it's a. It was a real thing in the early 20th century and people should google it if they're interested but it basically was what it sounds like a newspaper for homeless migrant workers hobos uh it kind of reminds me you know remember in the was it the 90s there was like a uh, they was on the subway. Yes. The
1: street Street News. Or street. Something? Yeah, I remember that. I forgot about that. Too. You mentioned. So I think it. that yeah.
2: was like the modern incarnation of the same idea. So, but it is isn't even in the seventies. I think a very outdated <laughs> reference. But it's it's a hilarious throwaway that Oscar's saying I got the recipe not from you know Better Homes or,
1: <laughs> or know, Bon so Appetit. I'm, bon
2: Appetit, I got from Bon <laughs>
1: Appetit. So at the end, they all eat Oscars fondue and clearly it immediately upsets her stomach. We get that same upset stomach sound effect Wah. that we heard last, but yeah. the way what we heard, no, that same gurgling now oh, noise yeah. that we played last week yeah. or two weeks ago, the one Yeah, on yeah. sometimes a great ocean, that same sound effect is used That yeah. gurgling. Yeah. And then they all run away to the guest to go to the same <laughs> bathroom to throw up, awesome throw up or shit or something. I don't know. What are the, they doing? Diamond, yeah. And that's sure. when uh, Oscar says it needs more ketchup. So, uh are you are you without spoiling your reveal are you as much of a fan of that scene as i am or do you think it's not as good i as have
2: I, I love it but i have i'll go into it later i have one reservation
1: well, later why not say it now well let's or,
2: we're not finished with the episode oh
1: okay i thought about that scene though
2: oh Not this this episode, talk about the scene. I need to, in in talking about the whole episode, I need to. Okay,
1: so at the tag, Oscar is sitting on the TV set by the front stairs drinking a beer and Felix is on the stairs with a trench coat over his arms. Felix says, you know, it behooves us to ask ourselves, what did we learn from this experience? And I learned something. I learned how I seem to you. And then he quotes what my research says is a version of a Robert Burns quote, I'm not going to try to do his accent. If you do it, fine. But uh, it's, of well, the gift that God could give us to see ourselves as others sees us.
2: Yeah, it's Tony Randall showing off again. His classical training. Um, I don't have. I would do it if I don't have the words in front of us. But there's. It, it doesn't rhyme unless you do it in kind of medieval Scottish accent.
1: Well, the point is, it's like there's a uh, it's a gift to be able to see how other people see us is the quote.
2: If we could see ourselves
1: as others see us. Right. And Felix says, uh, think of that. You really had me downright. That was great. And as he says this, he opens the closet door to put away the coat that was in in his arms. And he says, one thing, though, I think I sing a letter a little better than you do, which if you don't see Oscar singing, means nothing right and it's kind of a really abrupt way to end the episode right in the real ending which i don't have uh he hangs up his coat in the closet and starts to sing cocktails for two and i remember this oscars yeah. then slams the door and closes felix the the right the closet, but right. the tag now ends with just felix saying i think i sing a little better than you do which is not a funny line it means nothing it's not a funny line right it's not a funny line in general plus it's confusing because yeah. Somebody watching. Oh, we didn't it. hear
2: them sing, right? Right. Yeah. So
1: it is a. It is. I mean, the the original tag is okay. Right. It's not fantastic. I mean, it does But at least
2: it gives closure because we get the song again. Yes. It is such a shame this thing with the musical rights.
1: I mean, I know, I you
2: know, song rights can be very expensive. But we're talking. We're not talking about Beatles songs here. <laughs> also,
1: you know, there's you and I. And you're Paramount. If you're Paramount, you can't. You plus, know, why not fair use? Why can't you? sing for five. Oh, seconds. i don't know i yeah i
2: i i find it sometimes there is a whole song i understand but uh but yeah a lot of times it's just it's a snippet and it, it's they must be really um uh, being the lawyers are just telling them to be over cautious i guess yeah i guess so but it is a shame and I, I really wish something could still be done about
1: it and paramount if you're listening you're paramount yeah, shell out the bucks uh, so that's the end, so out of five Murrays, I give this six well, is that allowed under the rules is, yes that's How about the, five Murrays and a speed or no <laughs> it's six i guess okay
2: I, I, If that you know, makes you feel better
1: oh we, we I make an exception for this episode okay. because uh, it, I it, can't it, put any other episode in the same category, and there's other episodes I think are fives right. You know how people say I'm going to give it 110%? You're turning this one up to 11. Is what I'm saying. Exactly, or that right. too. This to me epitomizes everything about that I love about the show, the conflict between their, their, the way their lifestyles are, the chemistry between these two actors who have to play the other actor and capture it so well, the nature of what you call their marriage and how they bicker and fight like a married couple, Uh, the chemistry that was ultimately made this show so successful, the quirks of their behaviors, the setup, like they, you know, they show a scene and then they show the same scene 15 minutes later with the other actor playing the other role and all the nuances, the lines are so crisp. Uh, I just felt like these two performers were so energized and at the top of their game in this, episode it just felt feels like something special happened that week to me in the in the either a lot of ad libs or the, the the table reads and i don't know it just feels like there are other great episodes but i feel like no other episode captures so much of this show so well it has supporting characters yes it doesn't deal with it deals with the what most people think about this show, a messy guy and, and a neat guy. Right. So it doesn't deal with the stuff we've talked about with dealing with singer fatherhood or a wife in New York yeah, in the 70s. It's kind of just the crude It's one used, line description. So, yeah, yeah. I, I call it the basis, the basics yeah, sure. rather than crude. So, but yet that is the essence of the show. That the show was built around a sloppy guy and a, and a neat guy and the, what you could explore with that. And then of course, You bring other deeper elements to it. But I just think every visual gag works. The audience seems to be, uh, and I think that does something to me as a viewer hearing this, not, you know, this studio audience, so not a canned laugh track, a real audience enjoying this. They could not have done this in season one. They could not have done this in season one. That's right. And, you know, like when you see a Broadway play and the audience is just so into it, it makes that experience better. Uh, than if you're enjoying it and everyone else isn't. Right, right. And that's what I feel like really watching this. And just, there's it's just a, it's a crackling energy to these, to, to what's going on in every scene, maybe not the tag, um, that it's why I like it, but just all the jokes in that role reversal scene and watching them play the other person. I don't know, I just, when I originally saw it and I, I do think my love of it dates back to my first viewing which will happen again with the flying Felix episode and the, and the particular scene there. Um, I just, I just, every time I see this episode, I remember myself as a teenager in my bedroom mm-hmm. at 1115 yeah. mm-hmm. on a weeknight on WPIX, watching that scene and crying with laughter.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, that's the end okay, of the well- Oh, <laughs> and, uh, so we'll do that. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's it. It's, it's Ted's show now. Um, well, what can I say after that? Um, it is a biggie. It is a, 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 one of the top. Got to be one of the top ten at least. Although I'm not counting. Um, I uh, as I just want to echo what you said about the structure of the episode, the script, and how well paced it is. With the you know the way that the second dinner scene echoes the is the mirror image of the first. Um, the way the plot progresses to how they go through therapy and all that. Um, I love, as I said, the satire of the pop psychology, you know, ethos of the time. Um, and yes, definitely, this is like one episode that just basically puts them out there as a married couple, uh, in, just as a metaphor, as the analogy, is. but it's so clear, because it's not really, it's group called group therapy, but they're really doing couples therapy. And all the role reversal techniques and the books they cite are really about were, were focused on, a lot of that was focused on couples therapy on saving marriages in an era of high divorce. And so much of their what they pick on each other about their habits is, are the classic married, bickering married couple. Like, I hate when you make that noise when you eat. Uh, why do you always do this? Why do you always do that? Um, and it, you just, it's just out there on the table that this the whole Neil Simon concept of these two divorced men ending up in a dysfunctional marriage with each other is out there. So that's great. I give it four and a half, and here's why. I, I think of it as a five, but I have one little reservation, as I said. The, the role reversal scene is great, hilarious for the fans, but I just have, this is me, I just have a little pet peeve about when, sit, when shows, especially sitcoms, do something that's really for the fans and a little too self-aware and not really for the general public. Do you know what I mean by that?
1: It's like a little too self-refer- self-referential. I guess I, first of all, I don't have the, when they do that, I actually like it more. So even if I understand what you're saying, yeah, I find that really well, rewarding.
2: You're, you're speaking as a fan. And I guess I, I'm like torn. I'm like, won, but, I have one, my fan side, both of my critic side. And as a fan, I love it. But as a critic, I'm a little like, A little irked when this—I felt felt this a lot in late Seinfeld seasons—that they just were like riffing on the show itself, and I feel like these are mostly jokes for the loyal fans.
1: And that's really—but why is that a problem? I understand what you're saying. I I, I don't why.
2: I can't. I know. I'm just saying. I guess in a pure sense, every episode would be geared, or would be accessible to a general audience, whether they've ever seen the show or or not. Uh, Obviously, if you know the show, you'll. You'll have a better reaction because you know the characters, but it doesn't, it relies on you already being a fan of the show to get into them imitating each other.
1: Yeah. Um, I I, uh, they're already
2: sure. like treating Oscar and Felix as these iconic types, and it breaks the reality of it. Like what we were saying about how I love when Felix can't keep it up and breaks character. Yeah. Because that's at least real. Now, I, those are those are crucial to make the scene work because it puts it back in reality. If he didn't do that, I, it would not feel real that they I, would...
1: I agree with you. I said that earlier. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think I wish I had more of that though. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it, it, it. I'm torn as I said, because I think as a fan, this is a great thing for the fans, but I'm not sure outside of fandom, whether it is as satisfying. Uh it is interesting that they are doing an episode like this in season three, because it also indicates like how, in a way, the, how successful the show is, right? That if they're already playing to the fans, that they have achieved a, some kind of pop culture status that they can they can do this. Um, and it also makes it very meta. I think this, uh, uh, I mean, I, let me put the positive spin on it that you were saying, you know, there's something about, um, it's, the, it's the essential, uh, it's the most basic essence of the odd yeah right right it's because this it's a very meta scene it's like they're playing a version a weird version of the play the odd couple (laughs) as each other and that becomes very meta and that's interesting to me but you know but when sitcoms do it i i I get a little uneasy sometimes because i sometimes feel it's catering to the fans and i know it's a terrible thing to say on a fan podcast and i'm sure all the fans will hate it but I just want to put that out there as as something a, a critic might say. Um, but I, honestly, I do actually, my favorite parts of the episode are more in the first half, actually. I love all the pop psychology stuff. Hmm. And I love the group therapy meeting. And I love uh, uh, Myrna's contribution to this episode. So I don't need, this is, I know it sounds crazy. I don't need the big role reversal scene to still love a lot of this episode.
1: Okay. So all right. Me, what would you say? Four and a half. Four and a half. I, I hear you. Um, all right. Well. Good thing, yeah. you know, this is a, a Zoom
2: podcast because, you know, if we were in person, I, I, I'm sure you would.
1: No, I I, I I acknowledge that there's no reason I expect – I mean, if you gave it a two, I think I'd be a little <laughs> – curious i don't think i expect everyone to love it as much as i because there's episodes i see it on facebook pages all the time right, right. by the uh, yeah i see on the facebook page all the time people first of all the fact that there's a season one fandom and i cannot stand it so like clearly there's no there's no way to yeah uh, i would be
2: curious though, that i bet this is if you took a poll amongst fans this would have to score pretty high this this would be a pretty consensus
1: sure. i would think so i would think it's in most people's top 10
2: yeah
1: i would i would assume yeah. I would say it's gotta be if I ever add them up, I, I think it would
2: make my top ten.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I see people champion episodes and love episodes that I don't and so I don't assume everyone loves this like I do. You know, there's you know, there are T V shows like well, even like I of Lucy, like the I don't think the Vitamita Vegemin or the wine vat scene are that great. Like I don't find those episodes they're not my go-to episodes. So the some oh of the God. classic- Don't open I,
2: a can of worms. No, don't
1: open a Lucy can of worms. Oh, I'll go. You know, that's our next podcast when we're done. The odd couple is Lucy. But we're, but just like, here's something funny. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about when we're done with this, what would I want to do if you would be willing to? And I think I will Lucy. I love Lucy season one. I don't want to talk about the same thing
2: <laughs> they had the same problem i don't they had that. they
1: had a it was a very <laughs> different show than on the later seasons so I, i'll tell I, you
2: why i would i'm inclined not to do a, a lucy podcast because i worry that it would be a slippery slope that if you start with i love lucy you're gonna want to do the loose the no, next lucy show no, no i can promise
1: moment. you that that how would not many be versions the did they do no so there's the lucy show and here's lucy which was on for i think it was eight years i've tried to watch that show. And it's, it's not for me. So and By I would, the way, a,
2: a lot of the Odd Couple staff, including, I think, Gary Marshall, but certain, so a lot of the big writers
1: started we're on that.
2: one of those, the 60s version, yeah.
1: Well, I don't – I would promise you that if you were going to do that, that, no. that would – in fact, I wouldn't even want to do the Lucy Desi comedy hour, which are these one-hour episodes they did after the sh- sitcom was canceled because they're not – they're very tough to watch. Yeah. And here's Lucy – no, completely different thing. I'm Lucy sorry. We're that. on a tangent. Are we? Okay. All right. Well, uh, uh, please send your feedback, as always, to 1049pod at gmail.com. And leave us a five-star rating or whatever rating you want, hopefully five-star, on uh, iTunes. Garrett, no dunking.
2: Ted, no matter what we differ on, I'm okay and you're okay. Oh, thanks. Bye.